October 20th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our weekly waiver wire podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Adam Krautwurst. And Adam, we got more Eagles injured. We've got Le'Veon Bell about to join the Chiefs. He's on the team, but he hasn't played for him yet. There's still plenty to talk about, and we're going to look at guys that are actually available in leagues, especially in high-stakes leagues, and who you should focus your money on this week. Yeah, I feel like now that you bring that up, we should have like a separate Eagles uh, you know, free agent podcast. I feel like every week it's either the same Eagles on here or, you know, a bunch of new guys. And I feel like they never, except for Fulham, actually, right. uh, they haven't, they haven't really panned out for us. So yeah, to this point, it would have been, I uh, just ignore them. The Eagles are no good anyway. And then Travis Fulgham had the game at Pittsburgh and it's like, ah, that was cute, but can it happen again? Oh, it happened again. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Of course. Well, I mean, I, he's not in our rundown and he's probably not available in too many football guys championship leagues or FFPC leagues at this point, I would imagine, right? He's not on any of your waiver wires, is he? No, he's not. He's not available. And it's funny. I think one of the reasons why we weren't, or at least I wasn't super high on him, is because you had to pay top dollar for him. So mm-hmm. uh, if you paid top dollar for him last week, I hope I hope, I hope you started him because you paid top dollar for him and he <laughs> provided for you, which is great. You know, if you're willing to put the money down and grab him and start him, it works for you. Again, I I, I don't love the the, the idea because you know we were thinking receivers are going to come back healthy but now Ertz is out Goddard's not back yet so you know you might get you might pay that off yeah and the way that he's playing and the way that things are going in Philly just with the, the assortment of injuries I mean Deshaun Jackson battling the hamstring Alshon Jeffrey's got the foot we don't know if he's ever going to be right Jalen Rager's a rookie who's already had a couple of injuries so who knows if it just ends up being a limited rookie year for him and then issues for both of the tight ends there's room for Travis Fulgham to be a thing the rest of the year. So if you've got him on your team, you definitely start him Thursday night. We'll see where things go from here. And if we're, you know, we're talking about high stakes leagues, so there's not trades. So, you know, just ride with them. I think you might have found a revelation. Absolutely. The guys who are on our list though, start with Eagles and it's the backfield because Miles Sanders just got hurt. And Boston Scott was a guy who was actually drafted in a lot of these high stakes leagues to begin the year, but he probably got dropped in quite a few places as teams then went for the hot tickets, right? Yeah, he was dropped for for hot tickets for you know just those weeks that we've had and the weeks probably coming up where games get moved to Tuesday and you don't you know you got to pick up a guy to start on Sunday so that you don't get a zero for a Tuesday night game if they don't play. So a lot of times you get these handcuff backs like Boston Scott where you, there's just no room to hold on to him. So uh, Boston Scott is available in a bunch of leagues. I actually you know I I double check because I knew I drafted him everywhere. I want to make sure I still had some of them, but um, so I actually had 24% ownership in football guys for Boston Scott. So I'm excited to kind of go through those lineups and see where he fits. And I, um, I only have him in one main main event, but he is available in a few others. So um, I put down a 20% bid on, on Boston Scott. I really thought last year he looked, he looked, he looked great. And I think he was a borderline RB one when Miles Sanders went down uh, kind of towards the end, end of the year there. So, but then I was like, super excited to start him week one this year. And I think I did in a couple spots and he just, underperformed big time I mean, the whole Eagles offense is underperforming but uh but yeah Sanders is out hopefully for Boston Scott owners he's out for for you know more than just one week or um but even one week would be fine at this at, you know at this time of year um and I think he can perform again if if between bye weeks between um injuries and COVID scares uh I think he's probably going to find a lot of people's lineups if they if they have them and um you know 
uh, with with injuries to running backs and stuff, Boston Scott's certainly worth worth a pickup if he can get back to that um, second half form that he had last year. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're at the point where Boston, where you're paying what it's going to take to get Boston Scott off of waivers this week, and I, I think it's probably going to end up costing a lot in most of these leagues. So if you're at the point where you're winning the bidding on Boston Scott, he's going to be starting for you against the Giants. Miles Sanders' injury is not supposed to be a, a big issue. They're saying a week or two. You know, you never really know. Maybe he go backs out, he goes back out and tweaks it again. So I think Boston Scott will end up being a player that you keep around even after Miles Sanders returns if you can. He didn't do anything against Washington. You know, it's one game. Anybody can have a bad game. And the Eagles were just beaten up by the Washington D-line in that game. So we'll see how much of that there is. I don't think Boston Scott's anywhere close to Miles Sanders' level, but he's in a good situation to get targets. That helps. I mean, Miles Sanders has seen 25 targets in the five games he's been back for. So if you can get five-plus targets for Boston Scott here with all those injuries that we've ta- been talking about to pass catchers, there's definitely PPR upside even if he's not producing on the ground. And then once they get close to the goal line, which they should against the Giants, and the schedule in general over the next few games gets better than it's been over the past few weeks. And frankly, Philly's even scored points on the Steelers and Ravens the past two weeks. Looking at the schedule from the start of the year, I would have said, well, I know that we're not going to be using Eagles those two weeks. So, I mean, if they're scoring 28-plus points against those two teams, maybe they're going to keep moving the ball enough to make guys viable and turn Boston Scott into – you know, a real helpful asset for at least this one week, maybe two, and then we'll see beyond that. Yeah, and again, you know, the, the percentages that, that we give are kind of just like a – it's you don't, you know, adhere to that per- perfectly. I mean, you've got – like if you had Raheem Mostert and Miles Sanders as your top two backs, well, you're going to bid way more on Boston Scott because you, you absolutely need him. You know, so are there situations where if you're sitting pretty at running back, you know, put in a 20% bid for him. If you get him, start, start him in the flex. If you don't get him, you know, you, you can move on. But I keep wanting to – just reiterate, don't don't drop these, these guys if you, if you can help it. All these handcuffed backs, because every week, it seems like we're talking about pick up Justin Jackson, pick up Boston Scott, pick up, you know, we're probably going gonna to talk about Gus Edwards here in a minute. These are guys that I know they're, they're worthless on your bench. They're getting zeros, Tony Pollard, stuff like that. But, you know, there's going to be a time this year where you're going to need them and you're going to want them, and, um, and then you're going to have to pay top dollar uh, on, on waivers or you're just not going to have enough, enough money to, to get them. You know, at this point, we're week six. You know, a lot of guys don't have a lot of fab budget left. And even if you wanted them, you couldn't you, you couldn't get them. So, um, so yeah, Boston Scott's certainly worth a pickup. Um, and hopefully he puts up points for you this week. And he talks about this goofy year where, you know, we've got these games getting moved. We've got games that we don't know if it's going to play when the Sunday game starts. So make sure that you're checking to see who's dropped in your league at these waiver runs because there, there are going to be times where – Owners need to drop players that they don't want to drop just because they have to have somebody on the roster to make sure that those spots are filled. So check who the drops are. You know, think about making a move, even if you don't need somebody. Boston Scott would have been a great guy to stash last week if you were like, I'm I'm in good shape. I've got an extra wide receiver that I don't really need. Maybe I'll stash Boston Scott just in case something happens to Miles Sanders. You know, look for opportunities like that. See if there's anybody available on your waiver wire. You know, I mean, imagine having done that with Mike Davis way back. Uh, before Christian McCaffrey went down, you'd be in sure. shape right now. Duke Johnson is a guy who might be out there who could see some immediate work. Brian Hill for Atlanta. So you know, if you have extra players, you know, if you if you're if you have five good receiving options and you have seven receivers on your roster, think about dropping one or two of those guys and stashing somebody who could be something with that injury and see if you can beat that rush for these handcuffs before they become starters. 
Exactly. Don't don't drop Chase Claypool though for one of these handcuff backs because it's gonna it's gonna come back and bite you. But uh, but yeah, exactly. Like let these pick up these handcuffs, hold hold on to them as best as you can, and and you know that that's that's kind of the name of the game this year. And don't drop me Cole Hardman this week just because he let you down on a rainy night in Buffalo. That, that's right. On to the Niners backfield, which just had Raheem Mostert go down again. We'll see how long he's out for. Uh, they said likely to IR. So that makes it sound like he's not going to miss more than the three weeks, but it's probably going to be three weeks for him. So it's kind of a muddled situation right now because Jeff Wilson came up with an injury during the practice week last week, ended up missing that game against the Niners. Of course, Raheem Mostert came back for that game before leaving with another injury. So Jarek McKinnon basically disappeared from usage there. Uh, Jermichael Hasty popped onto the radar. What are we doing with these 49ers backs now that it's, you know, again, a jumbled backfield? Yeah, it's a mess, but, um, you know, it's proven. So he's, he's got the high ankle sprain. So yeah, you're probably going to get at least three weeks of missing him. So uh, Jeffrey Wilson, Tevin Coleman, and Jermichael Hasty are all are all available in these main event leagues. And I think last week we told people, hey, as far as Tevin Coleman is is concerned, if he's on your waivers, I think he was available. We recommended a low bid because if there's an injury, you know, Tevin Coleman's now going to go for way more than you could have gotten him for last week. So um, check your league, see if he's available. So I I, I put all three of these guys down because you're going to want to get a piece of this backfield. So, you know, if Mostert's missing three-plus weeks, right, Jeffrey Wilson's has been banged up, Tevin Coleman's always banged up, you know, Jermichael Hasty is a new, fresh, young piece that they've added to, to this offense. So I would try to get any of these pieces that you that, that you can. So uh, I have Jeff Wilson ranked the highest. If you know you have till tomorrow night, hopefully we find out if he's going to play this this week. Because I think right now Jeffrey Wilson um, can get uh, some fantasy points there. The, the Niners have proven to be able to support two fan, two backs uh, per, per week. So obviously Jeff McKinnon's probably going to be the guy there, but Je- Jeffrey Wilson can certainly do damage at least as the goal line back is the, the short yardage back and and McKinnon gets hurt all the time too so it's kind of one of these deals where Jermichael Hasty we kind of have ranked fourth on the depth chart or third now but he's one week away from being number one or number two on that, on that depth chart so uh, don't you know Hasty's available every everywhere uh Coleman's available in a lot of spots too so we don't know when Coleman's coming back either Coleman's more of a more of a buy and stash type deal if you, if you can afford to do that. But the Niners backfield is pretty much up for up for grabs. You know, they get the, the Patriots, the Seahawks, and the Packers coming up the next three weeks. They rank 18th, 9th, and 25th DVOA against the run. Their, their defenses do. So, you know, you can certainly this week have a shot, you know, with, with the Pats defense ranking 18th. You can get Jeffrey Wilson, um, and he has a, has, a, has a role there in that offense. Or even – you know, pick up Jermichael Hasty. If Jeffrey Wilson's out, well, now Jermichael Hasty is the number number two back there. So, um, certainly get get something out, out of this if if you don't have some of it already. Yeah, if I'm in a position where I need a week seven back, I'm paying for Boston Scott ahead of Jeffrey Wilson because we know that Boston Scott's going to be starting for the Eagles. Definitely, if you're going to be bidding on Jeff Wilson, check the Wednesday practice reports because he finished last yeah. week not practicing at all. We will at least get the Wednesday reports before the waivers run in FFPC and other leagues Wednesday night. If you, I mean, if you have to bid tonight, then I definitely wouldn't go too high for Jeff Wilson. If Wilson's not practicing at all Wednesday, I would really, I would limit how much I'm putting down on him because we don't know how much Wilson's going to get the ball, even if he's healthy. I mean, that game against the giants where he scored, I think a couple times, Almost all of his work was in the fourth quarter of that game where the Niners were already up by quite a bit and 
most of it came after Jarek McKinnon has ha- had had his last touch of the game. So Jeff Wilson's a little bit of a straw man here. Tevin Coleman, the latest on him is that he's probably not going to be ready for week seven. So that tells me that there's at least a chance he's back for week eight. So if you are okay for week seven, I Tevin Coleman would be my favorite here because I think that once he's back, I would bet on him getting more touches than either Jeff Wilson or Jarek McKinnon. Maybe McKinnon gets more receptions, but they've always liked Tevin Coleman's receiving. I mean, uh, since back in Atlanta when Kyle Shanahan was there and Tevin, and then they drafted Tevin Coleman, they've liked him as a receiver. So I think there's room for Tevin Coleman to really take over the lead spot in the backfield uh, if he gets back healthy soon enough ahead of Raheem Mostert being ready. Uh, so I would, I would go after him this week, especially because he's going to be cheaper this week uh, behind teams that need a running back for week seven. And then you mentioned John, John Michael Hasty. I would certainly throw a few dollars at him if you need a, a running back. But, you know, with all the guys that might be coming back soon, Jamichael Hasty might just disappear pretty soon. Exactly. You know, it's kind of, it's again, it's, it feels like with the Niners backfield, it's always revolving all year long. And it's just each guy has its own little hot spot, right? You have three games here, four games there. You know, last year it was Coleman at the beginning and Mostert at the end. And, and Wilson had a couple games in the middle there. I think he had a primetime game where he had a couple scores and, um, and they, they like Wilson too. So what I would suggest is just get, get pieces, get some of these guys, um, and then just cross your fingers that they're, they're the next man up or, or whatever. So, you know, you could, again, you could bid on hasty this week cheaper than you could probably get Wilson or Coleman, but he could literally be their number two back this, this week. He's a quick little, little back there. He might even be, be their pass catching back with, with Jarek McKinnon in there. You know, if they want to pound McKinnon between the tackles, but just get pieces and hopefully and just let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, use them as contingencies. Don't overbid on any of them because I don't think we're going to get an every week solution out of this group. But, you know, take a piece out of this and see what happens. Uh, On to the Baltimore backfield. Mark Ingram got hurt. They're heading into the bye, so that's going to make it a little bit less attractive. And the Ravens are saying that Mark Ingram's injury doesn't seem like a big deal. So we want to make sure not to overreact to this one. But Gus Edwards has already kind of been moving to the front of the ball carrying in that Baltimore backfield as it is. If Mark Ingram does miss a game on the other side of the bye, I mean, that can only help Gus Edwards' stock in this backfield. Yeah, and Gus Edwards was another one of those guys that I have a ton of. I've been able to hold on to him like wherever wherever I, I picked him up at. And it's just it's amazing, these running back situations where there's all these talented running backs there, and the, and the number one guy who isn't good, like Mark Ingram or like Adrian Peterson, like they just never get hurt. Like that's a situation where like people who have Dobbins, people who have Gus Edwards, everyone can see that those, you know, Swift finally broke out coming out of the bye week. They obviously had to have a plan come out of the bye week to give him more touches in, in Detroit. But I was, you know, I'm hoping that they, that this, you know, that when Ingram finally gets hurt or something like that, or even Gus Edwards were to get hurt, that a guy like Dobbins could get some run there. But Dobbins is obviously owned everywhere. So that's why we don't have him on here. But if you have a chance, if you don't already have Gus Edwards, Definitely want to want to pick him up and cross your fingers that Ingram misses misses a game here. You know he's he's available every everywhere, especially in like your 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 home leagues. He's definitely going to be available. But if you have Mark Ingram, you should have already had Gus Edwards. But um, yeah, p- pick him up. And uh, if he gets if if Ingram misses a game, Gus Edwards is definitely a start at a flex spot there. Although I would hope um, that the Ravens would finally give Dobbins a shot to, a shot to shine. I mean, with all these injuries and with the Baltimore bye week, make sure you check and see if J.K. Dobbins gets dropped because he's certainly somebody to stash if you have that running back spot to play with. After the week seven bye, the Ravens get the Steelers, then they get the Colts, 
So not great matchups, those two games where we might be dealing with the Mark Ingram injury. So again, I wouldn't go too high for Gus Edwards, but if you're in need, he's somebody to uh, get a piece of and keep an eye out to see if J.K. Dobbins gets dropped anywhere. Demarcus Robinson, everybody wanted it to be McCall Hardman against the Bills, but it was Demarcus Robinson putting up a useful fantasy night. Is he somebody worth picking up this week? Yeah, for sure. Hopefully you listened to us and picked him up a little last week. So uh, Demarcus Robinson, so – you know, it, he's always just one of those guys where, you know, a receiver gets hurt in the offense and everyone's like, oh, okay, well, now it's going to be Cole Hardman and now it's going to be, you know, whoever. But Matt Robinson always seems to have a solid week whenever uh, there's an injury in the, in the offense. So um, he was second on the team in targets. Uh, he, had, he had 12 points, which isn't huge, but in a game where the Chiefs ran the ball 46 times, uh, he was able to get 12 fantasy points and, and he didn't score. Uh, that's that's pretty solid. That, that kind of goes to show you what the – you know, what he's capable of doing in the offense. Now, the Bills play a bend-but-don't-break type defense, so they want to keep everything in front of them, which is why, you know, he was he you know he scored more than – I mean, Michael Arman didn't score anything. He scored more than Tyreek Hill. You know, he was just behind um, Travis Kelsey. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like Demarcus Robinson. He's – again, you could do worse during bye weeks. You could do worse for, for, for injuries. You know, but that, that offense can explore it any, at any time. I would certainly have him, in, and I would certainly start him in my, in my, my flex spot. Uh, with all the bye weeks and injuries coming up, you know he's talented, and Mahomes likes him, and whenever he gets a chance, he always he always produces. I think the Bills forgot the but don't break part the past couple of weeks. <laughs> Listen, they were only down six <laughs> with like six minutes left. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they definitely but don't break the week before against Tennessee. Yeah, they their their defense is broken. Let's put it, let's put it that way. Demarcus Robinson's like the wide receiver version of of Gus Edwards in the Baltimore backfield. Uh, he very well might give you nothing the rest of the way. This might be the only week that he really helped you, but it's a piece of the Kansas City passing game. And if you don't have anything that you really love for a given week, then putting in any Chiefs pass catcher is not a bad idea because any of them can produce. We saw Byron Pringle catch a couple passes in that game where, again, you mentioned the Chiefs don't run heavy. So having Demarcus Robinson around as a fallback is not a bad idea. Deshaun Jackson, though, is going to carry a higher ceiling into this week if he plays against the Giants on Thursday night. The question, of course, is whether he plays. It sounds like they're expecting him to, but you have to know that it's a possibility that he won't. So that said, I mean, if we're chasing ceiling, and really we should be doing that in most cases, Deshaun Jackson's always going to be a ceiling player, and he steps back into an offense that has allowed Travis Fulgham to become a fantasy star over the past two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much left to say about Deshaun Jackson. I feel like he's on this list every single week. Like, <laughs> hey, let's pick him up and let's like. I get it, I see it, but um, yeah, I just I want I want I want to see it, you know. So, I mean, he's very talented. If he can just get healthy in the offense, but if the if, if the if the matchups right, you're just, you're right. Falgum Falgum's producing. Uh, you know, he could can can he get more targets than Falgum? They play Thursday, right? Yeah, um, certainly. You know, if, if, if he plays, he certainly could. And maybe they kind of do what the Texans started to do and just force it to, to Brandon Cooks to, just to get him going. They, they could do that with, with Sean Jackson too. But uh, it's just it's just hard when the offense just, you know, it's they, they were down big against against Baltimore and they finally, you know, they finally started to come back. But I'd like to see it first. But I guess, you know, the whole idea behind this is to try to get these guys before they break out because then once you see it, then he's going to go for way more. Um, I don't think anyone's going to – I don't think he's going to be a big uh, waiver wire ad this this week. I mean, we, we, we have 2% for him. You could probably get him for 0.5%. Uh, but, yeah, if you if, if you got room, 
put it put a dollar or two dollar bid in there on him, grab him, and um, and hopefully he go he goes off. Yeah, I mean, I would personally take a shot uh, unless I'm going to be a wide receiver short if Djax does not play on Thursday. If that in that case, I would go somewhere else. But if I'm just looking for a receiver that can give me help over the next couple weeks, and if he doesn't deliver for me, then I'm I'm not in terrible shape. I'd be going for Jackson over Demarcus Robinson because I think that ceiling is so much higher. And if he is healthy this week, like I said, they've got a, a better stretch of games coming up where Deshaun Jackson could produce. And he doesn't even need Travis Fulgham to like disappear from what he's been the past couple of weeks to produce. I mean, Deshaun Jackson has been producing all of his career on seven and six targets. He's that kind of guy. And Carson Wentz has been throwing deep even when he doesn't have the receivers to do so. He's throwing deep balls when John Hightower is down there, when J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is down there. Carson Wentz wants to throw the deep ball to somebody. So if he can get a healthy Deshaun Jackson out there, it, they could definitely produce quickly. They've got the Giants this week. They've got Dallas in Week 8. They've got the Giants again in Week 10 after the bye. So I would take a shot on Deshaun Jackson, especially if you're not in a position where you need a running back or if you just miss out on the running backs. I think he's a good stash. I think he could give you some big upside going forward. Yeah, I think upside more along the lines of like so. Okay, so if you're comparing him to Demarcus Robinson, I would take Jackson if you're looking for someone more long term. Which I know that sounds crazy because the guy's always hurt. But like Demarcus Robinson's only startable when when like Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins is hurt. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, when he's healthy and starting, he's startable. So in that sense, I think Deshaun Jackson has has higher upside and, and is more useful to, to your roster. Um, but to me is like, if, if like this up, this upcoming week, if Demarcus Robinson is still, you know, if, if Sammy Watkins doesn't play, uh, Mm -hmm. I would still probably choose Demarcus Robinson just because I think, you know, he's kind of showed his floor, uh, with 12, 12 points. And I don't think he has a 40 point ceiling, like maybe Deshaun Matt Jackson might, but I think he's, he's good enough. Um, and I think his floor is higher than Deshaun Jackson's floor too. So I I would lean Demarcus Robinson for a couple weeks. But if you want something more long-term, you want to take a shot on something longer, just Deshaun Jackson's probably probably your guy. And even if you're not – even if you don't want to look too long-term right now, if we look to week eight where maybe you're losing DeAndre Hopkins to a bye, maybe you're losing Will Fuller, um, Jacksonville's yeah. on the bye, and then Washington's on a bye, so Terry McLaurin there. So if you're losing any of those guys and you want to have a wide receiver option for week eight, that's when Philly gets Dallas. And if you don't need Deshaun Jackson to be on the field or if you want to see him actually make it through a healthy game, that might be the ideal scenario for picking up Deshaun Jackson, see if he can give you that week eight upside. And then, you know, we'll go from there. We're just going week to week at this point. Yeah, that is a great point. You know, you saw what Christian Kirk did last night against them. So, you know, if Deshaun Jackson's healthy against that defense, he could certainly get get loose for a couple of those. Mm -hmm. Let's go to tight end now for these tight end premium leagues. And who's first on the list for us? Yeah, so we got we had Darren Feltz here. So he obviously took advantage of Jordan Aiken's absence over the last couple of weeks. He had two for 57 in a score and then six for 85 in a score. You know, so he's ranked, you know, really well there. Uh, they're obviously targeting him as part of the offense, you know. Um, and if, you know, who knows if, if, if Aikens comes back, who knows if Aikens even gets this, the starting job back, you know. So I think in these tight end premium leagues, Feltz is certainly worth, worth a pickup in a, at a, at a position where it's just been an absolute dumpster fire you know, all, all year long. So, um, you know, guys have been, you know, we've been trying to start tight ends left and right. Um, you know, these backup tight ends come in and they get you zeros. And it's just been, you know, uh, if you have, if you have Tyler Higby, you know, rest in peace. If you've got, you know, uh, you know, Hayden Hurst before this, this week, if you took those, those, those mid round tight ends that just haven't done much, 
Um, Fowles has probably got a spot on your roster. You know, if you have Zach Ertz, who now you have an excuse to, to, to drop, um, you could pick up Darren Fowles for him, and, and, and he's proven to be able to do it the, the last two weeks. So. And last week we learned that it's a high ankle sprain for Jordan Aiken, so he's missed a couple of games. Uh, even if he turns up active for this week's game, against Green Bay. It's not somebody that you want to trust in your lineup right away. So I think there's a chance that Darren Fells um, gets a nod again. And and the thing that Darren Fells had, or yeah, I guess at least last year he had it over Jordan Aiken is Darren Fells was the red zone guy. So he, even though they were splitting targets, Darren Fells would get more scoring chances. So that makes him easier to start this week. I do think Jordan Aikens is somebody to watch for if he gets dropped in a tight end premium league because he had worked well ahead of Fells earlier this season as the lead target at tight end for Houston. So if you can stash Jordan Aikens while he's hurt and wait until he shows you that he's healthy to play him, then that could be an asset down the stretch. Yeah, he's you know he's certainly uh, he's going to get time at the position because high. I mean Christian McCaffrey's been out for forever with the high ankle sprain, and guys missed a ton of time with the high ankle sprain. So and even a lot of times when they come back, they're still not right. So you know, Fellas might be a guy you know kind of like Higby last year, where you know you picked him up mid season and all of a sudden. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to go on like some type of record pace or anything, but he's certainly a guy that can take advantage of, of injury. And then they didn't really know what they had in Fellas until now. So he's certainly worth a pickup. I have ten percent down. If you're really desperate for for tight end, uh, you you could go a little bit more if if, if you want to. But yeah, uh, he, again, he's a guy that you're going to want to plug in the lineup too because um, you know not many people have enough depth at, at tight end. Anthony Ferkser put up big numbers with Jonu Smith going down in week six. That I mean, in a week where plenty of things were surprising, Anthony Ferkser going for eight one point <laughs> in a touchdown has got to be the most surprising stat line. When did Jonu get hurt in that game? I don't, I don't even know. I think it was I'm, – I'm not sure. It couldn't have been much more than halfway through the game, though. Yeah. It, it's just sick because the week before – and this is just this year. So the week before, the Titan, Titans-Bills got pushed back to Tuesday. So, I mean, I have Jonu Smith everywhere thanks to thanks to, to, to Draft Sharks really promoting him all, all offseason. But, you know, it was a game where, like, okay, do I start, like, Tyler Higby, who I know is going to play, or do I hold out for Jonu Smith? So I benched Jonu Smith in a ton of – leagues the week before and he goes off against against the bills and then this week i started everywhere and freaking anthony ferkser goes for 8 113 in a score it's just like man what what would johnny smith have done with those with those targets so it's just it's just gross but yeah if johnny misses misses time uh ferkser is worth a pickup like if you have johnny smith and you have a spot on, on your bench drop somebody pick up Ferkser and that way you can start one or the other because clearly the tight end position is one of the main targets in, the, in, in that offense. You know, it's Derrick Henry, it's A.J. Brown, and it's, the, and it's the tight end. It doesn't even matter who it is apparently. So, so yeah, if you have if you have Johnny Smith, certainly go grab Ferkser, and then you're set. You can start one or the other. Um, if Johnny Smith's healthy, I wouldn't waste – I mean, if you have room, if, if you lost somebody, you could put like a 1% or 2% bid in for him, but I don't think you need to add Ferkser if Johnny is, isn't going to miss time. Yeah, I agree. BRXNSYN on YouTube says it was the third quarter for Johnny Smith that he okay. left. That. So thanks for the the tip on that. Um, I, I agree. I think Anthony Ferkser is really just an option if Johnny Smith's your number one guy. There's not anybody else attractive on your tight end premium waiver wire this week, and you need that fill in because they had Pittsburgh this week, they had Houston last week. Huge difference yes. in the coverage there. The Houston linebackers were so bad in coverage that I believe Tyrell Adams got benched late in that game. He was the one who gave up the long touchdown to um, 
Anthony Ferkser in that game. So a very different matchup against Pittsburgh this week. So I certainly wouldn't go out of my way for Anthony Ferkser. And we'll see about the injury to Johnny Smith. It doesn't sound like it's a big deal. As far as I have heard, he's not even definitely out this week yet. I mean, you def- I, you should operate as though he's going to miss this week in that, you know, make sure that you have an insurance option. But Ferkser is, is probably going to end up being more of a blip than a revelation, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you're in a home league or something, nine tight end premium, don't even bother with, with Ferkser, you know, because again, there's probably better tight ends available on those on those waiver waivers. The reason why we bring up a guy like Ferkser here is because there's no tight ends available uh, on, on, on waivers. So if you get a chance to, to grab a guy like Ferkser and you have Johnny Smith and Johnny doesn't play, Ferkser is worth, worth starting for you. Yeah, I agree. Before we head out, I wanted to add one quarterback to the list, Derek Carr for the Raiders. And he's not an option for week seven because they've got the Bucs. We just saw Tampa Bay shut down Aaron Rodgers, even though it looked like early in the game the Packers were going to be scoring at will. Um, Bucs have been one of the better defenses in the league all season, been a tough matchup for quarterbacks. So, again, not playing Derek Carr in that one. But on the other side of that, if I look at the Draft Sharks strength of schedule page that's got uh, adjusted matchups, the only three negative matchups, like in the red matchups to watch out for on his schedule the rest of the way after Tampa Bay are Kansas City, Indianapolis, and Miami. I don't believe that Miami is a bad matchup. So I'm not trusting that particular number. It's just based <laughs> on how the quarterbacks have performed against him at this point. I'm throwing that one out. The other two are Kansas City, who Derek Carr just beat up at their place. So I'm certainly not going to bet against him, against the Chiefs, uh, in Las Vegas, and then the Colts, who just gave up a ton of points to the Bengals. So as far as I can tell, Derek Carr, who is already rolling, has a nice-looking schedule the rest of the way and could be a top-12 quarterback from week eight through the rest of the year. Yeah, so Carr is one of those guys that's kind of always on waivers. He he hops on and off of waivers. You know, guys are putting a little bid for him for a bye week or for a good – he's like one of these streaming guys that kind of hops on and off. So – yeah, if he's, if he's available, and he is available in quite a bit of main event leagues that, that I saw, and you're looking for someone to kind of stash for the for the stretch run, or maybe you've got, you know, maybe you've got Tom Brady or someone that's got a later on buy, like maybe you're streaming, you got Teddy Bridgewater's going to week 13 buy, Brady week 13, you know. You can pick up a guy like Derek Hardy, it's going to be good for some of these second half games for you. Um, get And it's one of these things where you want to kind of get him now before, um, you know, before someone else grabs him and doesn't let him go, so... Um, so yeah, you could pick up Derek Carr, and he's you know he's one of these guys that we've kind of thought is like this checkdown king, and he doesn't throw it deep. But you know they got those deep weapons now. Rugs is Rugs is flying in down the field, and so I think Carr's working within the offense. You know he's got um, he's got Waller, the, the elite tight end there, and he look he, he looks comfortable. You know he, he he looks good. So he's certainly a guy that, that if you only have one quarterback, you can pick up Carr and kind of stream those two guys for the, for the second half of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you have a top-level quarterback, you know, don't worry about it. If you have more of a mid-level quarterback and you've been kind of playing it week-to-week and picking up streamers, you know, maybe Derek Carr is just going through a hot streak right now and he falls off some. But the Raiders' offense was better last year than the results made it look. They did not have much going for them at the pass-catching spots. They haven't had a whole lot more going for them so far this year, and yet Derek Carr has thrown two-plus touchdown passes in four straight games. He's coming off two straight 300-plus yard games. And again, the last one was at Kansas City, where he had done very poorly over the past couple seasons and which had been rated as one of the better pass defenses this year. So he went in there and beat a defense that he shouldn't have beaten. And really, the thing that stands out to me is his own rate 
is just out of line with the guys around him in fantasy production so far. In ESPN leagues, he's 29% owned. He is ranked right in between Tom Brady in points per game at 96% owned and Jared Goff, who's 60%. Gardner Minshew's 71%. Carson Wentz and Joe Burrow are both 50 plus percent. Even Kirk Cousins is down is at 31%. So there are more teams with Kirk Cousins on them than Derek Carr in ESPN leagues. I say go ahead and grab David Carr. Or, man, I almost got through the segment. You with almost got there. Almost did it. I say go ahead and grab Derek Carr. If things turn sour over the next few weeks, you haven't lost a whole lot by dropping him. But if they don't, I mean, you, you really could have a guy who's starting for you in the final weeks of the season. And let me just go to who they have to close out the schedule. They are at, in weeks 14, 15, 16, they're at home. So it should be warm weather in Vegas. They've got the Colts. In week 14, we'll see what that matchup looks like when we get to it. They've got the Chargers at home, which I would have thought was a bad matchup heading into the league, but or heading into the season. But right now, it's a positive matchup. And then Miami in week 16 at home. I think that's a spot you're going to end up wanting to play. Yeah, for sure. And that's and that's kind of what we're looking to do in these in these kind of these podcasts is to try to get out ahead of everybody. So before you know, pretty soon, you know, everyone's trying to get into the playoffs right now, trying to get into that week 14, 15, 16. But once teams start to establish themselves, okay, I'm going to be in the playoffs, I'm going to be in the stretch run. They start to kind of build their rosters for that stretch run. Well, this is a guy, Derek Carr, that you can grab now kind of before uh, before everyone else kind of get, catches on to him. And, hey, week 12, week 13, they're at the Falcons and at the Jets. Which sound like pretty two pretty nice spots when we're trying to get into the playoffs. Exactly, too. exactly. All right, that's going to do it for this week seven waiver wire podcast. Head over to draftsharks.com now. Check out our free agent focus articles. Check out our updated rest of the season rankings, our week seven rankings, and the free agent finder to help you make your waiver decisions this week. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at draftsharks. Adam is at Adam underscore Krautwurst. And I am at Shauf DS. It's S C H A U F. For Adam Krautwurst and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shauf saying thanks so much. For the-